Welcome to another episode of the podcast. My name's Emily and I'm here to help you improve your mind, body and your life because they are all interconnected. How we feel in our minds impacts how we feel in our body and our life and how we feel in our life and our body is going to impact our mind. So I'm here to help offer you tips, tools and thoughts on ways in which you can take better care of yourself but holistically looking at different areas in your life that may be challenging and offering you thoughts on how you can improve those, how you can change those. So for those of you who don't know, my name's Emily Brennand and I work as a mind and movement coach, helping to support people with their mental health and their physical health. But what I do with my clients one-to-one is I help them to believe more in themselves, align how they feel within themselves, to what's happening outside of that in their life and also to reconnect with their body and form a better relationship with their body. So what does being a mind and movement coach involve? So for those of you who want the plain English, I am a qualified personal trainer and I am an NLP practitioner. So I bring the two together, helping people with their mind and their movement, because as I've said, the both are so interlinked. So now I'm so passionate that I can offer both to people, both online and in person as well. So this podcast has evolved from just talking about mindset and lifestyle changes that you can be making to incorporate that side of things, to talk more about our connection to our bodies, because that is a, that plays a massive part in how we feel in our minds and how we experience our life. And movement can be such a positive thing. And I use the word movement because I think it's quite a nice, welcoming, inclusive phrase to use, especially for those who have disconnected perhaps a little bit from moving their bodies and and accepting their bodies and even looking after their bodies as well. So there'll be plenty more uh, that I'll be talking about here on the podcast to do with movement and to do with our relationship to our body and our mind. But today what I wanted to talk to you about is intuitive movement. And you might have heard of intuitive movement, whatever your stance is on it, then just kind of take a pause and we will dive into a little bit more about it and what it is. And we're going to talk through a few tips that you can take away today to try to bring a bit more intuition to your movement or to the exercise you might take part in, in in your week and whatever that looks like for you. Now, for those of you who do know what intuitive movement is, fantastic. For those of you who don't, I am going to just briefly go over it so you can get up to speed and learn more about intuitive movement. It's a fantastic tool and a fantastic framework, I believe, that I and now using with my clients to help connect them back to movement or just to connect them to movement in a happier, healthier way. Because if you have been listening to the podcast for a while, that is what I also aim to do. Help people just live happier, healthier lives because we only get this one life. And I know that's cheesy to say sometimes, but it's so true. So, you know, let's do what we can to feel happier and healthier within it. So, Intuitive movement, what is it? So intuitive movement is the practice of connecting with your body and its internal cues and using 
that knowledge and that information to determine what type of movement you would like to engage with for how long and the sort of intensity you would like to engage with and having a connection to it in a more positive, mindful, compassionate way. And it's something that is being talked about more and more, but maybe in my opinion, not enough in the fitness industry. I think intuitive movement can have a little bit of a bad reputation sometimes because it can often feel like it's, I'm going to use air quotes, but less structured because exercise for people is normally quite structured um, and that can lead unfortunately to sort of lots of, of rules and lots of uh, pressure, not always because I love exercising in that kind of structured manner but intuitive movement allows you to do just that, to feel into your body, to tune into what movement it feels it wants and to give it what it wants whereas I think for many people that have maybe engaged with exercise for a long long time or you know whatever your relationship to exercise is sometimes the word should comes into it because it's structured or you might be following a program or whatever it is and the word should comes into it a lot whereas with intuitive movement it's more about tuning into what your body needs, as I say, and trying to actually honour where you're at physically in your body and not ignoring the cues of exhaustion, for example, and then maybe overdoing it because you think you should be doing something. But equally, on the other hand too, tuning into when the body is is kind of lethargic and craving movement and recognising that and giving your body what it needs. So, it, it can take a while to build this connection up to your body. You might be listening to this and think, oh yeah, I already do that, which is great. And it's just having that compassion and care for yourself and your body and being able to tune into it and how it feels and being able to figure out what you need. Now, this can take a long time to do. So I want you to obviously be kind to yourself if you're thinking like this sounds great but I don't know where to begin with this well this is going to be a journey for you if that's the case and that is an exciting thing to think about you're going to have the opportunity to build a connection back up with movement and back up with your body so there are certain principles that you can be guided by to connect with intuitive movement now the word principles is quite important. They aren't rules, they're just sort of guidelines in which you can you can use to ask yourself some important questions of how you feel about moving your body and how you could approach exercise and movement differently. And these guiding principles, by the way, are in no sort of particular order either. So let's touch upon these guiding principles of intuitive movement so you can get a little bit more ideas around how you can reconnect to your body and build that trust back up too. So the first guiding principle is to reject the diet culture. So diet culture has taught us to exercise just to lose weight or just to manipulate the way we look. And it's unfortunately taken the fun and the joy out of movement and exercise. Many people fall into that pattern of punishing themselves 
through exercise rather than going to movement as self-care or exercising for all the other benefits outside of weight loss and aesthetics. So diet culture, unfortunately, has put a pressure on people to look a certain way without actually kind of regarding um, their health at all. You know, it's it's put such a pressure on people to look a certain way, as I say, and conform to society's body and beauty standards. So that's the first guiding principle, to reject that mentality. Now that can take a very long time if you've been caught up in that kind of headspace and you've maybe been on a lot of diets or you have used exercise as, as a punishment. It can take a lot of unlearning. I went through a patch at university where I was in a bit of a stage where I would go to the gym just to kind of burn off what I'd eaten to look a certain way and to lose weight essentially and I think I said it on the podcast a few weeks ago this was for a short period of time for me so I was quite fortunate that this was not sort of sustained over many years it was very short sort of few month period so for you this might really resonate with you and go oh wow yeah I've I've actually always had that mindset that movement's just for weight loss when it's so much more than that and that's where I really start with my clients now I help them to really tune into the intention of movement outside of weight loss because we don't just need to move or exercise to lose weight and also we don't have to lose weight you know we need to focus on our health more and look at that and tune into movement and the the benefits of movement that have nothing to do with that So we have to unlearn the diet culture narratives and try a different way, which again can be hard. So try to recognize where you're at with this, see where your mindset is and just be kind and compassionate to yourself with that one. So the next guiding principle is to honor your appetite for movement. So what do I mean by this? I kind of mentioned it before, but it's about tuning into what what kind of movement or exercise your body will enjoy. And that can change day to day, but it's about building up that awareness of what you enjoy. And again, that might be a shocking word for you to kind of hear sometimes for some of you like, oh, well, exercise is hard, workouts are hard. And sometimes they can be challenging, but what I'm trying to invite here is, well, you've got opportunity to move. Let's try and help you to enjoy that. So let's try and remove that word should from the language when it comes to exercise and movement. So explore the questions of how do I like to move? What did I enjoy doing as a kid maybe? What time of day do I like moving? Uh, What could help me? Is there music I could put on or is it a particular place I like to move? Figuring out the enjoyment element to this is going to help you to connect to movement in a more positive way but also help you to connect with movement if you if you don't currently have have that feeling of enjoyment to it so figuring out these questions will really support you in shifting your mindset and building your self-trust and I think that's one of the main things it's important here building that self-trust with you so you can strengthen that connection to your own body and tune into what you enjoy so an example for me when it comes to movement 
would be to rollerblade. Like I talk about this a lot now on the podcast, I think I've mentioned it a few times, but I love to rollerblade, gets me in that kind of flow state. So for me, I used to do that as a kid. So it ticks that kind of question off. I kind of get lost in, in the zone as well. And that's movement and it counts. Still moving my body, but it's joyful. And then on the exercise side, again, I'll ask myself the same question. What do I enjoy? And at the moment, I enjoy exercising in group situations. So I make sure to go to some classes to do that. I'm enjoying strength training more than I ever have. So I'm engaging more with that. I'm also enjoying uh, community runs at park run. So I'm trying to fit that into my routine as well. But I'm also making time to stretch and do yoga and mobility practices, which has only been something I've actually valued in the past sort of two years or or more secretly a bit more. But especially on the stretching side, just honouring that my body is asking me to stretch. It's craving that. So I'm giving it what it's wanting. And that's the intuition that we're building here doesn't mean that you don't have to necessarily have a set structure of how you'd like to move in a week. It's just tuning into that intuition a bit more. And we'll talk about structure a bit later on as well. So the next guiding principle is unconditional permission to rest. Now rest is something we all struggle to do in this life. (laughs) It's also something many people struggle to do when it comes to movement and exercise. So it's important to kind of reframe resting, I think, and make it part of your your training if you are very into training. But also when you're starting to reconnect with movement, not berating yourself if you want to rest or need to rest and trying to dispel the myths around resting because resting is so important for our bodies. We have a whole nervous system that helps us to rest and digest. So if we're not resting, then that nervous system can't operate properly. So we need to tune in to rest and more importantly, give ourselves unconditional permission to do so. So if you need to stop during a workout, then you can. If you need to take a day off, take a day off. Listen to your body and honour that. I work with clients in that structured way in PT sessions, but I'll check in with how they're feeling the day before and they honour how they're feeling and where they're at. And we adapt the session accordingly. Doesn't mean you're not trying hard enough. Doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're in tune with your body and that's what counts. The next guiding principle is to make peace with exercise. Now this can take a very long time for some people. And what do I mean by this? Some people have a negative association with exercise. And I now find exercise such a joy. I absolutely love it. Um, It brings me a lot of value in my life. But for many people, exercise has never been associated with joy or fun. It's been like, oh, I don't want to do it. And it's so unfortunate because some of us go through PE lessons that we hate or have experienced workouts that we haven't enjoyed in the past or or been in in a kind of bad headspace with it, which is which is fair enough. But exercise has unfortunately got this bad reputation and as I mentioned that's why I use the word movement a lot I find it's it's more accessible when we talk about physical activity and fitness it helps to broaden what exercise is for many people too 
that doesn't just have to be a, a kind of stuck way of doing things. So one way to shift with making peace, I think, with exercise is to not call exercise good or bad. I think that can really help. And that's something that um, Tally, Tally Rye talks about a lot as well. Try to minimize that language and not use good or bad exercises because that is where we go into that diet culture language again. So trying to make peace with exercise can take a while, can take support to again unlearn that exercise doesn't have to be brutal, it doesn't have to be awful and it can be a joy and that's exactly what I now help people to do and see and feel in their body as well. So the next one is to challenge the fitness police. So what do I mean by this? So often in the exercise world and the fitness industry, sometimes there's a lot of, of, well, sometimes, I think more so, there's a lot of kind of guilt and anxiety and shame about sticking to certain exercise rules. So some might include, you know, oh, I wasn't sore the next day, so my workout didn't count, or no pain, no gain, or never miss a workout. And whilst some people, you know, can connect to these phrases and they work for them, they don't work for a lot of people because they make them feel guilty and then they make them not want to move. So, you know, we need to try to disconnect from these rules and challenge the sort of fitness police. That's kind of the guiding principle here to try and help us reflect on any rules that we are putting onto ourselves that have, have come from elsewhere. As I say, the language that you respond to is completely up to you to feel if that's right for you. If you feel like, oh, I don't, I don't like that, then, you know, tune into this and try to reflect for yourself on what is, is kind of challenging you with getting back into movement or seeing it in a new way. The next one is my favourite is to discover the feel-good factor. So moving your body should be something that kind of feels good and makes you feel better about yourself, not worse. And I use the word should there, and I know I said that was a kind of word to disband, but moving your body should feel good and it should be about you helping yourself feel better and not worse, as I say. And for a long time, for many, it has been seen as punishment to be endured which is so sad when it can be such a way of taking care of yourself mentally and physically movement is self-care and it's so integral to our, our health and our longevity as human beings too so obviously discovering the feel-good factor might be hard if if you've never had that but i promise that you, you can find something that makes you feel good it's about building that confidence and self-esteem which again takes time but it is possible and that feel good factor those endorphins will come when you start to move in a joyful way and you'll start to boost your your mental health and how you feel about yourself too and this is why this one gets me so excited because this is what I help people to do now with their one-to-one sessions with me is help them build confidence internally through movement as well. And it's just such an exciting thing to witness. 
So the next principle is to manage your emotions. Now, what do I mean by this? So exercise can help us to feel mentally better. It can reduce anxiety and stress and bring us joy and make us feel happier, I promise. (laughs) But it's important to say it's not the cure-all for mental health. And again, echoing what Tally Rye says a lot, you know, exercise is incredibly good as a tool to use, but it's not the only tool. So we have to kind of honour that we can manage our emotions in many ways and explore other ways in which to get support, whether that's through Uh, therapy or coaching again that's why I have my mind and movement sessions with people so they can manage their emotions obviously in the movement practice but also in their mind sessions with me so they can really kind of talk about what's coming up in their life as well as obviously kind of managing their emotions through the movement as well so the next principle is to accept your body and I've added slowly. Again, it depends where you are, kind of tune into this and see where you're at. And I appreciate this can be quite tough for some people. Um, For others, you might already be in a place where you're like, yep, I feel okay with this. I'm just here to gain a bit of insight and understand, you know, what intuitive movement is. So this principle is all about helping you to remove that should again of looking a certain way and we've all I'm sure been caught up by this again because of diet culture and the beauty standards that are put upon us in in society but we really have to try our hardest to honor our bodies and see our bodies as such an amazing instrument and really start to tune into what our bodies do for us and trying to build up that belief that we are enough in mind and in body and trying to accept what we have because it's the only body that we have as well and this can be obviously quite hard for people but there's a lot of things that we can do to try and accept who we are physically as well as mentally and that's not to say that we can't set our body challenges in time as well it's not about saying oh well you've only got this one body so don't engage with movement or don't do this or don't do that we can still challenge our bodies in the kind and compassionate way to be stronger to be more flexible to do things that we never thought we'd be able to do this principle is not about saying well give up It's about honouring yourself and taking care of what you have and then being able to find joy in that movement and celebrating what your body can do because it can do amazing things. If you invite it to do amazing things and help it to get there with time, with kindness and with support, then it will. And you can see improvements in your strength in your flexibility and they're the things again that I try to focus on with clients rather than the other goals that many kind of can get caught up with which is fine it's not your fault if that's a goal of yours it's just what we're fed and I think it's good to tune into the other things we can try to achieve to 
to be grateful for what we have and what our bodies can do. So the final principle is a really helpful one to talk about that structure that comes with exercise and movement and it's gentle guidance. So this is a really nice one for those who actually like having routine and want structure in their movement or their exercise uh, regimes or routines. Uh, Not everyone does want this by the way so all these principles are for you to take as you want but gentle guidance is all about helping you to bring a sense of structure to your movement practice but in a gentle compassionate way and it's the aim here to help you to set goals for your health and fitness but with flexibility instead of fear as well so as a movement coach as a personal trainer I am there to help my clients achieve their goals and we do that in a structured way and we might say for the next x amount of time here is a movement practice for you to try for you to do in a structured way but we still bring flexibility into that it's not rigid it's not you should do this you must do this It's that gentle guidance that helps them to achieve their goals. And my expertise and my knowledge, of course, helps to get them to where they'd like to get to. But we're checking in all the time, how they're feeling mentally, how they're feeling in their body. And we're bringing that flexibility to the goals that they're setting for themselves. So intuitive movement is not just about moving in a way that you want to it's about moving in a way that you want to and having structure if that feels right for you because I think sometimes people think intuitive movement doesn't mean that you you know they think oh you can't have a plan you can't have a gym program or things like that when you totally can I think more people are probably moving intuitively than they think a lot of people aren't But I think a lot of people will be and they might not be calling it intuitive movement. Intuitive movement is just, you know, seeing movement as self-care, making sure that, you know, fitness is not just about an aesthetic or about weight loss. It's trying to find joyful movement. It's honoring and listening to your body. It's also being grateful for your body and what it does for you rather than what it looks like. And it's trying to focus more on your performance-based fitness goals. Like I said, those strength goals, those speed goals, those flexibility or mobility goals as well. Because that's where the most fun comes in as well, where you can see your body doing amazing things and having that flexibility to take a rest when you need it. So those are the principles of intuitive movement, helping you to build up trust with yourself and your body and helping you to connect to movement in a more compassionate joyful way and that is what I am here to help my clients with to help them bring that mindful approach to exercise and movement because actually when we're moving there is so much mind-body connection and to feel better within ourselves we want that connection to be one of support We want the mind and the body to be supporting one another. We don't want them to be berating one another for putting us through stuff that's not good for us. So I hope that this has helped to shift your mindset to movement and exercise wherever you are with that. 
if you already engage with exercise and movement it might have shifted how you see it or how you might approach it in future and if you have been struggling to connect to movement and thought oh it's just not for me exercise is not for me I hate it maybe now is that time to gently ask yourself those questions what movement feels right for me what movement brings me a bit of joy can I engage with that just a little bit because I promise moving is amazing when you find the sweet spot when you find things that you enjoy and that can look like however you want it to look of course there are guidelines and and stuff out there but just taking that first step to the joyful movement and tuning into that is something I hope that you take away from today so if you've enjoyed this episode then hit subscribe and follow there'll be plenty more on the podcast of me diving into more of the things I've talked about today I'll be talking a lot more about the benefits of movement as well that it has on our health and our body Uh, so you can just start to unlearn a lot of things you might already know or think about movement and exercise I am going to talk as well still about those those life topics on the podcast setting boundaries with work and people doing what you can to make positive changes to your mindset all that will still be very much part of the podcast here and I hope that you found these thoughts and these guided principles helpful today let me know of course on Instagram you can follow me there at Emily Brinnand and if you are intrigued to take this any further then I am working with people one-to-one as a mind and movement coach I support people through the things we've talked about today I help them to connect to movement in a way that feels right for them and we dive into what else is going on in their life how else can we make some positive changes so they feel happier and healthier in mind, body and life. So it's important before I go that a lot of the uh, principles that I've shared today are from Tally Rye and I really encourage you to go and follow her. You probably know who she is but if you don't go and check out her work. She's a big inspiration of mine and you should definitely go and um, give her a follow if you don't already. So as I say, I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast and something's resonated with you. If you have, reach out to me, uh, message me. My email is in the show notes as well. And I encourage you to share this with somebody who you think might need to hear it as well. So until next week, take care and be kind to your mind.